Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're flipping the script and showing you exactly how to be selective during your job search. If you've ever read a job description, you are well aware of the list of requirements and recommendations that companies want to see in their candidates. They've done their homework. Have you? Well, today you're going to learn why having this mentality, this selective mentality is so powerful within your job search and how to make such a perspective shift so you can get better results in your career. Today, I brought on Dr. Benjamin Ritter, founder of Live For Yourself Consulting. Not only is he an expert within the field, but he's also a friend of mine based here in Austin, Texas, where we recorded this in front of a live audience. Dr. Benjamin Ritter is a leadership and empowerment coach with an incredible amount of speaking experiences under his belt, including a TEDx talk and finding purpose at work. He's a national speaker, podcaster, author, consultant, mentor, teacher, and he's passionate about guiding others into finding, creating, and sustaining a career that they love. I look up to Ben, and that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to have him on the show today, because I believe with his guidance, you'll have some added confidence and excitement when these 30 minutes are over. I thought this presentation was especially cool because we did it right after a career fair based here in Austin and invited some job seekers to join us around the table as we discuss this topic. You'll hear some of those questions that they asked at the very end, and I hope you take something from it as well. All right, without further ado, here's episode 230 of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Ben, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I need to learn some sort of unique skill. I was talking to Andrew today at the job fair. Maybe it ha- maybe it's going to be like stunt double or stunt fighter or something <laughs> to throw that in the bio. Because right now it just seems kind of like, eh, you know. I don't know. There was an entire list of things that said a podcaster, national speaker, author, consult. That's a whole mouthful. I want so like, you want more? I want like extreme, I don't know, Pez juggler or something. <laughs> I don't even know. I just want something out there. Well, Listen, today we're going to get into just the concept of being selective because we have so many different avenues we can go through, whether it be like a juggler or whatever it is. We need to be selective with our careers. Yeah, I interviewed so, you to come on this podcast. I was like, I don't know if I want to be on this. Uh, <laughs> right? who, who are you? What's the career warrior? Do I have to wear like a Spartan outfit? I'm just... We're flipping the script. Okay. Dang it. That's exactly what we're doing today. So that's the right mentality. But yeah, let's let's get into that. Why is it important that we vet the companies that we're going to be applying for in the first place? Like, why why are we even doing this? It's such a strange idea that isn't strange. You know, I work with a lot of people and really creating career clarity and getting the jobs that they can love. And they never just really stopped and said, well, what is it that I really want from a company? And how do I target my job search to find those companies? Yes. And it, we do it for everything else. We look at Yelp reviews for restaurants we go to. We go on how many dates before you decide to commit to a relationship. And for something that we're going to spend a third of our life doing, we don't do that. We don't have that same mentality that we actually should feel empowered and have the permission to say, do I really want to work for you? Instead, it's almost like the scarcity mentality of, do they want me to work for them? Right. 
And even people that have a full-time job are afraid of losing their job. So it's like this lack of personal empowerment when it comes to work. It's, it's something that needs to change. And I think we can get to some actual advice on how to do that today. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm excited to get into. But it's that mentality shift that's going to be powerful. Because if we come from the perspective of like a scarcity mentality, like I need this job, then you're not going to have a successful job search. That's what you're saying. If you're always afraid... How does that impact you on a daily basis? Even just in interviews, they're going into an interview, hoping that they pick you. You're going to have a very different, they're going to have a very different perspective of you. And like, imagine, I don't know if anyone listening has had a job offer and then was interviewing for a job or had a really good job that they liked and was interviewing mm -hmm. for a job, someone that reached out to them. It's a very different dynamic. Yeah. And people can feel that. And so I even just give first challenge to everyone listening. If you are interviewing for jobs right now, and you have interviews, remember that they selected you. And so, right. and there's a, an abundance of jobs out there right now. It really is a job hunter's market. If you have the right tools, like the right resume and LinkedIn profile, and then yeah. have to know how to go through an interview, you should feel confident when you go into these. So I got to ask what, and this is uh, based off of someone I was talking to during one of the, the job fair, but like, isn't there a risk with coming with the perspective of like, you need to select me essentially for the job. Won't they come across as cocky or overconfident or something like that? They have to believe that you can do the job. Like the reason why someone doesn't select you for a position is because they think someone else can do the job better than you. Okay. Most of the time, right? Most of the time. Sometimes they just want to hire an internal candidate. Sometimes they want to hire a friend. But for some reason, their perception was, I don't know if this person can do the job as well as I need them to do the job. And so you need to go into an interview knowing that you can do the job and speaking as if you already can do the job. Sure. One of the biggest mistakes I see like in the summary section or even in an initial interview when I'm practicing mock interviews with a client is they're talking about how they want to pivot or they're an aspiring director yeah. or an aspiring leader. And it's that type of mindset and the, even in just in the way that you describe your experience or what you want can make you automatically deselected for a position. Even if the person, even if the interview uh, interviewer is subconsciously, you know, not even really noticing that they're doing that, but they see that you don't believe in yourself. So then they don't believe in you. Right. So when I'm doing this, is this just during the interview? But you mentioned the resume. So when, when in the job search is this going to come into play? You should always be screening, always be very directional in your job search. Because if you think about this, most people are always reacting to opportunities. Most people are not proactive in their job search. And what I mean by that, is even if you're going to a job board and selecting specific job titles or specific companies, you're still only applying to things that exist, that are put in front of you from this tech platform. And so being proactive actually means saying, these are the dream companies that I believe in. And we can talk about how to build that list. Sure. And, these, and then I need to go talk to the people that work at these companies or their customers and build relationships with them so then all of a sudden, you're living intentionally, you're searching for a job intentionally. So the opportunities that come up for you are going to be intentional, yeah. are going to be things that you want. So if you don't- There's a lot more purpose yeah. and drive behind exactly. it you know, yeah. all that you're doing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So I love that framework. I think that's going to hopefully give a lot of us listening right now the confidence to go forth within our job search. But- Hopefully by the end of this, they're going to have some options to select from. And it's not just, I'm going to take that one job that I'm going to get, you know? So let's launch right into how to exactly do that. And I want to talk, especially for people who aren't used to having this mentality. So let me ask, opening up, what's the first step to having this 
shift in the first place? First step is you have to know what you want. You have to know what you want for your next job and potentially your next two or three jobs. And you might not okay. know exactly, but have some semblance of an idea. Because it's, you know, clients come to me and I say, what do you want to do? And you probably see this with, with editing resumes. Well, I want to do these six different jobs. So you can't write a resume for six different jobs. Right. And then you probably won't get interviews if you try to write a resume for six different you jobs. You got to get targeted for sure. And so yeah. the first thing is, what do you want? And the best way to figure out what you want is to audit when you've been happy in your career. And so to take some time to actually write down five to 10 different memories from your professional work history that really got you excited. And then the next step I'd say is do the same thing. Write five to 10 memories that you hope to have. Okay in your career that you hope to create. So that could be what types of projects do you want to work on? What types of people do you want to work with? What type of experiences do you really want to have with your career? What skills do you want to learn? And that can help you start at least having some direction because then you can take that information and say, yeah. well, what types of jobs might involve this? And then what types of organizations also get me excited? What am I passionate about with those organizations where they might have these positions or these jobs? You can even do a search for some of the projects that you might want to work on, see what companies pop up. And then you have to start talking to people that work there to see if you actually are interested yeah. in working for them. And so this is a process. Right? It really is a lifestyle. Because you said when, when to start. Well, you should be doing this at all times, Always, even yeah. when you have a full-time job. Because then you're continuously building a network and a community of people that know you, that know your brand, that know what you're interested in. Yeah. And hopefully you're not asking for a job. You're actually just being curious which then lends itself to now you've built these positive relationships, not just a yeah. taking relationship that will lead to opportunities in the future. Yeah, it's less transactional, I should say, and more about like building those relationships. And I'm thinking about like when I was applying for jobs and when I felt like it's almost like every single interview, I felt like there was just so much riding on it and that I had to get this job. Otherwise, there wasn't anything else. But I think what you said about coming from that curiosity makes it so much better instead of having to like fight for every single thing, right? Well, it's great about these initial conversations because you do need to have them. There's like this networking piece, which is really just relationship building. Sure. Is that you're not asking for a job. You actually are trying to find out if you want a job. So in a sense, you're also kind of interviewing these people and you're not asking for anything. Maybe at the end when they say, what can I do for you? You can say, well, do you think I'd be a good fit for this organization? Yeah. And say, sure. Well, is there anyone that I can talk to? Great, and make you a connection. So you don't ask them directly, really ever. You really just present the potential idea or the opportunity. And they might even do it if you're having an informational conversation with them. And you're actually, you know what you want, so you're sharing what you want. You're sharing kind of your values. And if it resonates with them, they will tell you that you're a good fit for the position. Okay. So when I think about interviewing companies and vetting companies, I'm imagining a list of questions that I should have but are there any questions that you can think of that every single job seeker should be asking these companies? Well, it really depends on what you're looking for. Because are you looking for a specific communication style? Yeah. Do you like companies that use Team or Slack or use email or do constant meetings or daily stand-ups? Right. And so that this really is matters. cool. I mean, it's like uh, all these companies have these questions for us. So like, why aren't we the ones asking, you know what yeah. I mean? Like all these company culture type what's, questions. It's so important. What's your performance management system like? Yeah. How do you rate my performance? What are potential merit increases like? How do those work? So what you're doing is so you identify values that you care about when you have this clarity. So then you can build questions from that. Like, for example, you might want to ask, they, they'll ask you, when was the last time you dealt with conflict during an interview? The best thing yeah. you can ask is, when was the last time there was conflict in the department? How did you manage Oof. that? I like and that. And so I always, and I know we're kind of getting, we're kind of going on a couple different branches here, but during an interview, if you really want to stand out, you actually 
ask them questions back when they ask you a question and it relates to it. Okay. And you actually use their questions in a way for you to find out more information. So for example, we can use the, we'll move away from conflict and say, tell me about a time where you had to work cross functionally or you, you had to manage stakeholders. So you share a story about when you manage a stakeholder and you manage various stakeholders. And then at the end you go, can you share a project that involved multiple stakeholders? So you're asked, you're pinging back and asking this during the interview. A related like question scenario. that then potentially could lend itself to you finding out more information about the organization I love that. itself. I love that. Because, I mean, then you're pulling in the whole, like you're getting them to talk to, which they say in, in sales, the more, and other people can attest to this, but the more you get the other person to talk, the more likely it is that you're going to get success with the close. Remember what we talked about earlier, we said the reason why you don't get a job is because you don't prove to the person that you can do the job the way they want. And the only way to figure out the way they want to do the job is to ask them questions. And they're asking you, they're asking you a direct question of what they need to know, but they're not yeah. telling you how you need to answer. Yeah. And so you need to figure out how you need to answer. And the only way to do that is to ask your question. But then while asking that question, you're also interviewing them for the values, for the culture, for the dynamics of the organization, because they might say something like, oh, you know, we actually had disciplinary action. We had to let somebody go. Yes. And you're like, well, can you tell me, can you tell me more about how, you know, how you let someone go? Is it three strikes? Is, you know, how, is there any sort of severance package that relates to this? Or you say how that influenced the team and impact the team in the long okay. run? Where did that person's work go? How do you distribute it? So you're learning more about the organization through those questions. Yeah. So these are really good questions. And I imagine it takes legwork right ahead of the time to come up with these are good questions i don't know how you came up with the top of your head but right it's going to take some research to come up with these one of the exercises that i take clients through is to figure out their values so you, you basically do a values exercise the easiest way to do that i talk about memories a lot yeah is to figure out your top five happiest memories and top five unhappiest memories you can make them related to work if you want and then look at themes and then you look at these different experiences you've had and say, well, when was like, what really worked for me? What didn't work for me? What didn't work? And then you build a list of keywords or phrases that relate to really what gets you excited, what gets, helps you feel passionate, what helps you feel more fulfilled at work. And then you take those values and you can build questions from them. So for example, one of my values is health, mental, social, spiritual, emotional. Right? So in the workplace, what do you do for health? And so I'm going to build questions that relate to that value. Right. I'm going to know, I'm going to have triggers that go, oh, this means they don't really value health right. as much. For example, you know, what's the latest you have meetings in your department? And we have an 8 right. p.m. meeting. Okay, so during the day, do you, you know, do you expect the person to be yeah. working all day or do you have some space for that? Like, how do you manage the style of like meeting structure, et cetera, work hours? Sure. That helps. Or what programs do you have that focuses on personal development? Yeah. Um, so you build questions based off of those values. So it sounds like it's this episode was about like, how do you flip the script? But I think it's so much, there's so much more to that. It's about getting clear on what you actually want from a job, like getting really clear on exactly the type of culture. It's like, do you value things like growth? Do you value diversity? Do you value, et cetera? And getting those laid out on a piece of paper, because if you're not clear, you're not going to be able to flip that script, so to speak, and do it confidently. So I, I like that a lot of what you've said so far is just more like it's real. It's like, okay, get honest with yourself and figure out what it is that you actually want. Well, you asked, how do you come up with these questions? And it's like, I'm literally yeah. just coming up with them right now. You come up with them because you know yourself right. enough and you're not coming into the interview with the scarcity mentality. Because mm -hmm. if you are nervous, 
you can't be present. And so you need to be present. That means you need to have confidence. And the only way to have confidence is to know what you stand for and to know that you have options. And to, to create options, you need to spend time building that community. Okay. So it's all interrelated. Okay, so that's a great segue to my next question, which I can already hear the voices of people saying this. And it's, Ben, let's just be honest. Like, I have not gotten a single interview over the past four weeks or four months. I don't know. I'm sure if people have gotten that, but they, they're not really getting the results that they want. And they feel like they're struggling and scarcity really is a thing for these people. How can I possibly expect to have a, some sort of mentality shift if I'm just not getting any hits at all? It's scary. It's scary. You, maybe you just got let go. Maybe you're in a job you hate. Maybe you've been looking for a job for the past year and a half, two years, three years. I went through a span two and a half years when I was yeah. younger without finding being able to find a job. Actually finding jobs and have them, having them being canceled after I would <laughs> sign the contracts. That That's was a story I've heard too. Yeah, yeah that's the story for another day. And I tell you, they're out there. They are out there. And so it really depends on what your strategy is right now to find jobs. And I promise you, even with a resume once over, a little plug for Let's See Grandma, you will get calls. You 100% will get calls if your resume matches the job you're applying for. Right. And so, I tell people, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but a lot of the time people are sending their resume and when they don't get responses, they, they need to realize it's not them. It's just the fact that their resume may not be perfectly matched or there's some things they can do to beef up that resume. So and yeah. LinkedIn profile. And let's set some expectations for a second. And you may you may have a different perspective on this. I'll say even if your resume is a perfect fit for the job, meaning that you've done like some keywords and descriptions, you've edited some bullets, I still think 20 resumes, maybe four call, maybe four uh, invitations for a phone call. I don't know what you think on that in terms of percentage. Depends on the industry. It also depends okay. on how you're applying too, because some of these conversion rates when you're applying online are just not looking so good, but it just depends. So in terms of level setting expectations, let's yeah. just say that you want need to apply for a ton of jobs. And a lot of people that I talk to actually say they haven't really been applying or may have been applying and the resume isn't that right. great or they're not using right. a cover letter or they don't really have a LinkedIn brand. So I'd like to say one, you want to increase your quantity, improve your tools, but then also get connecting, get building a community. Yes. And this is a really exciting time in people's lives. A new job means new relationships, new skills, usually more money. Like it's a, it's, but we get lost because we get burned by this idea that we need to find a job. And then we get stressed and frustrated by the fact we're not getting interviews. And I'm saying it isn't you. It really is the tools and the strategies you're using. And so if you forget that this is a really exciting time, you're not also going to be going into the job search with the right mentality. You're not going to yeah. be going into the interview with the right mentality. So I just like to say, if you spend the time instead of just, you know, applying to some jobs, sometimes that you find, and instead spend the time really getting intentional, so you're spending the same amount of time, yeah. you will create more opportunities. Yeah. So I just talked to somebody earlier at the job fair today that that was their main technique was applying online and not doing what you said about, you know, connecting with people and finding those opportunities. But I would recommend that as the shift to get people right excited and getting them out of that mindset of I'm just not going to get right. 40 to 60% of jobs are hired by referrals. Yes. Like, I mean, this was the last statistic, 10% yeah. from job boards. So where are you spending your time? And it may seem like it's a longer process. But you're actually, every conversation you have builds upon itself. So when you apply to a job on a job board, I mean, it's people get jobs. It works, right? That's why it's there. It's, it exists. But you're still throwing your resume down a black hole. 
Like it's like you're not building any sort of community. You're not creating relationships. Now, if instead you apply to some jobs and then you follow those companies on LinkedIn, you look for people that are maybe at a peer level or not the hiring manager, but people that are working in the industry and, you, and they're engaged on LinkedIn. So they're posting yeah. and then you connect with them and schedule a conversation and have a conversation with them. Like, and then maybe do that two times, three times within the organization, you will create more opportunities. And so where are you spending your time? Is it, is it divided up in a way where you are networking? That is maybe like 40, 50% of your time, 60% yeah. of your time. And then job wars are the other percent. And so I will say, just having heard from a lot of job seekers is that they end up selecting the wrong job because they end up, you know, connecting on Indeed and they have job postings. The company ends up just not being what they thought it was going to be because they weren't able to go deep. But through having these conversations by going slower, so to speak, that is probably a better way to vet people. All right, Ben, that made a lot of sense. And I know we're picking back up from square one here, but I just want to ask if you had any last thoughts on really how to switch your mentality after you feel like, you know, getting interviews has been scarce and you feel like you are having trouble in your job search. One of the things I want to touch on, I think that's really important. And I think this plays a role into it, but we didn't really talk about how to actually research a company. By doing the research, you will like by default become more confident because you are then taking the reins. Right. So whenever you take control, you become more confident. So with the job search, by being more intentional, you're, again, by default, going to become more confident. When you know yourself, when you know what you're looking for, by default, you're going to be more confident. So if you need to find out about an organization, some of the things you can do, I've actually done this too for fun, is you can speak to past employees. So you can go on LinkedIn and you can do a search for past employees, send them a quick message. Most people are willing to talk. I'd say, I like to say probably 30% of the people on LinkedIn are probably active and willing, like right. they're, they're connectors, they're willing to actually have a conversation. So don't be discouraged if people don't respond, but the ones that do are like, you really want to talk to them. And for people who don't know, how do you search for people on LinkedIn? What's your recommended go-to? Go to the search, go to filter, go for past employer, and then type in the organization's name and they should just pop up. Yeah, really easy. That's probably the simplest way to do it. Um, so then talk to past employees, talk to current employees. Go to the organization's website and do just scan through it. A lot of times you, you might get some semblance of the culture there, but you won't know kind of the truth until you actually talk to the people that work there. Okay. But you can look for articles on the organization, look for articles on the CEO, look for articles on the executives. Yeah. Look for articles do that leg where it's going to yeah. take time, but it's yeah. so worth it. Yeah. And you will eventually create a story about the organization. You can look up Glassdoor reviews. You'll have a full story of all perspectives that allows you to say, this is a company I want to work for. Yeah. And then what's super neat. So a lot of times the CEOs of these companies, especially in Austin right now, they go on podcasts. And so if you go into an interview with all this information, plus maybe you listened to an episode or two of the CEO, you will have some ammunition to just kind of ask the right questions. You will feel like you are in control. Sure. You will know more probably than the person interviewing you, which is pretty neat. It's a pretty cool perspective to have when you're in that hot seat. You're not, you don't really feel like you're in it. Yeah. And so going back to it, it's you should be taking the questions that people have and then relating to it and then sending them a question back, like in a conversational way. So it's more smooth. So in that way, if I've done my research, if I've talked to past employees, I'm going to be a lot better equipped to ask those questions and then come across as confident. 100%. 100%. And if you use the interview as a way to interview them, you will also surprise the person interviewing. Right. Because by the time they get to the end of the interview, I don't know if you've experienced this. When was the last time you interviewed for something? I have been on the other side of the interview table, but I haven't interviewed 
or anything besides being on other people's podcasts. Okay. So, so not for jobs. I, I will go interview for things. And also I, I do consulting projects. So okay. a lot of times I'm getting interviewed per se. And it is not uncommon if you're not taking control of the interview that you will go for the entire interview without asking any questions. And they will ask you in the yeah. last two minutes. Do you have any, do you questions, have any questions for me? <laughs> and I will tell you, recruiters, HR managers, hire like anyone responsible for hiring will actually discount a candidate for not asking questions or for not asking enough questions or the right questions. And so you get to the point that they give you 60 seconds, 120 seconds to ask questions to wow them. So you need to be taking control of an interview and doing it throughout the entire time. Okay. I like that a lot. So I want to make sure we have enough time for your concluding thoughts as well as some Q&A potentially from the audience here. So multiple job offers. Let's say I do have multiple job offers and you just select which one is right for me. I'm in the vetting process. How do I best select the right job to go into? I'm sure it can be a daunting decision for a lot of people. So if you've done the legwork before. Yes. And we talked about knowing your values, creating questions about those values, knowing the projects that you want to work on, knowing the career path that you want to be on. And if you've done that legwork, you already know which one's right for you. Okay. 100%. And so the problem is if you haven't done that legwork, then you probably will have some questions. And if you need to do the legwork at the time of making the decision, then you need to ask for more time. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of potentially losing a job offer by saying, you know, I actually have a few more questions. Is it possible that I speak to someone yeah. I'll be working with? Is it possible that I speak to a peer? Or can I talk to the boss again? Can I talk to the director? You, you can ask those questions and you're sure. you're right and they want you. And once you have the offer, you're in a better position to ask some more, like I'll make the more sensitive questions about compensation packages and things like that. But is that what you recommend is waiting until after the offer to get into compensation or things like that? But what do you recommend? When it comes to compensation, that's something, I mean, honestly, like I like for candidates to be upfront about it. Yeah. I don't think I would wait a little, but that's just I, me. That's I don't my think style. you should give yeah. an, I don't think you should give a number. I think you should ask the budget. I think from the beginning, you should ask the budget from the recruiter. They'll ask your number. You say, what's the budget? And then if it's within your, within the realm, you can move forwards. If it's a little bit lower than what you want, you usually can negotiate if they select you. But you, the last thing you want to do is be disqualified because you gave them a number that's too high. Right. So again, take control of the situation and don't give them a number, ask them the budget. And with that, you can make your own decision. Awesome. I love that. Well, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm wondering if you have any last final thoughts for career warriors listening today. All of this can be summarized to make your career your career, meaning that you need to take control and be proactive in your job search, even, and we didn't even get into this, in the work that you do at your job. Meaning that when you get the job, you yeah. now have a choice what you get to work on, who you work with, what your professional journey within the organization is going to be. And so just remember, you have the permission to do this. And I hope that at least one person that listens to this feels a little bit more empowered to go do that for themselves. Absolutely. All right, y'all going to interject real quick. We had two solid questions from job seekers. So I'll let them ask that and let's see what Ben says. What are your suggestions for people who want to switch jobs? For example, if I have like business development or operation background or like experience and then how to switch to be a fintech or data product manager? When it comes to pivoting and switching careers, one of the greatest things you could do is actually kind of do like a skills mapping exercise of what skills were a part of these projects of what you worked on in the past and then look for kind of ties to the other positions that you want. 
and then actually just change the terminology and probably get some help for this from Career Warrior on your resume to fit the industry that you want to apply for. Because a lot of skills can be transferable. The problem is we talk about our experience based on the industry that we have experience in. And so the people that are in the industry that you want to work in don't get it. And so a lot of times just how you talk about what you've done, how you tell the story. I mean, because working on a project cross-functionally with multiple stakeholders is something that you do everywhere, right? Certain solutions are, are pretty cross kind of industry. So one of the best things you can do is get some help from someone that works in the industry, ask them to review your resume and say, do these skills, are these skills transferable? And how would you say them if you were saying them about something that you did? And there are experts, right? Resume experts that can help you with that as well. Now that's taking what you've currently done. Now the other piece is start building relationships in the industries that you want to be in. And figuring out how they got their jobs, just kind of talk to them, do some informational interviews, and then represent your own skills, like have stories ready about the things you've worked on that could potentially relate to what they're talking about. And then if they see you as a highly valuable candidate, they might actually say, you know what, there's this position that you might want to look into, yeah. apply for it, give me your resume, and I could potentially get you into the organization. So it's part networking, also part changing terminology. How would you recommend reaching out to employers and hiring managers and the like to talk about like working for their company and all those interview related questions if like either a there isn't a relevant job listing that you can find or b you have a job in mind that you think you could propose you do for this company that's not something that's listed and you wanted to talk to someone and propose that to them. It's really simple, but you're probably just going to like roll your eyes at me when I say it. You just talk to them. I mean, especially so a lot of jobs actually are not listed that companies are hiring for. Either they haven't listed them yet or they've been thinking about it. And I know two instances that have happened in the past couple of months where candidates have interviewed for a job, didn't get the job, and were called back because the company really wanted them to work for them and created a job for them. And so by yeah. having the only way for that to happen is for you to have conversations. And if you do find an opportunity to do something for an organization, you think a job would be really helpful for them, I say, first, have a conversation with them. Like, say, I'm really interested in the organization. I have some ideas. I would love to talk to you. And then at the end, say, I would really love to put something together, like a little bit of a pitch deck to show you some ideas that I have. Yeah. And so what you do is you build a relationship first and then you add value as a follow-up because you want to get a couple more touch points in there mm -hmm. to ensure that you build a strong relationship. Any preferred touch points that you would try to touch on if this was a you having this conversation? Any time that you engage with someone and they engage back is a touch point. So gotcha. first would be a message, an email, LinkedIn message, a friend introduction or something of the sort. That next touch point would be a short conversation. You don't wanna take up a lot of time, 15 to 20 minutes to learn about whatever's related to what you wanna pitch. Because the worst thing you can do is pitch something that is not really on their radar. So who are you to come to me and try to tell me something that I need? So it's also could be, so what are they trying to sell me? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is actually get a little bit of context first. You know, it's kind of like giving someone advice when they didn't ask for it. Yeah. And so get, build a relationship first, get a little bit of context related to what you want to pitch them and say, you know what? I actually have some ideas on this. You got me really excited. Do you mind if I do a little bit of work for you for free? And can we schedule yeah. a little bit of a longer time for me to present this to you? And based on what this topic is, is there anyone else that you might want to invite to our conversation? Love that follow-up question. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you and what are you up to? 
Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. If you want to download a free guide to creating a career that you love, go to my website, liveforyourselfconsulting.com. It'll pop up there. Feel free to add your email in and I'll send you some free stuff. And what I'm up to, hopefully I get a new book done this year. That's kind of my goal. That's exciting. So we've got a few more months. We'll see. Do you have the opening concept? It's going to be a compilation of stories on how to live for yourself based on my own experiences and working in life. I love that. Well, Ben, thanks so much for being on the show as always. And for you listeners, I'll make sure to include the links, including how to get in touch with Ben within the description of this podcast. Thanks so much, Ben. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, listeners, that wraps up episode 230 of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Wow, really enjoyed talking about the importance of flipping the script on the people doing the hiring and why it's so important to get clear on what we want and why it's so important to do our homework beforehand. And this is a very powerful mentality switch. So try it out. And it can be especially hard if you haven't done it for the first time. It can feel awkward asking these questions during an interview, but I'm telling you, it can make the difference. All right, that wraps it up for today. Let me know what you thought about this episode by posting this on LinkedIn and tagging me in a comment, tagging Ben. I am Chris Villanueva, CPRW, and Ben is Dr. Benjamin Ritter. You should be able to find both of us rather easily. Looking forward to hearing your feedback, and I can't wait to see you next week. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.